Knock, knock. Who's there? Hake. Hake who? Hakepale. Oh, what a surprise. I wasn't expecting you till the year 2021. I'm Jeff, and this is the one and only podcast dedicated on the net, the netcast dedicated on the pods <laughs> to the greatest game in the world. The greatest game in the world, Advanced Squad Leader. We are the two half squads. We are your hosts. Just sit back and let go of the steering wheel, and we will drive and you we, on a very nice... We will drive you crazy Yes, we will. with our lack of focus, Yes, lack of good content yeah preparedness lack of intelligence yes all in one show yes but no no lack of um political commentary <laughs> oh well uh, yeah there might be jeff yeah, we'll have to get to the letters all right we'll, we'll show you yeah so hey everybody thanks for joining us what is the date today dave today my watch you is the off by two days so i know to add two days well, to this that's it about, is the 26 is that correct uh, yeah. Oh, it's on my computer. Oh, okay. No, my computer just says it's Tuesday, seven ten p.m. Okay. Ninety four percent charge. It is full <laughs> satellite thing coming from your house because you're it a is. tech guy. It is that. All and, that. And there's a little mini miniature looking um, looks like a micro a little a magnifying glass on my upper corner. Okay. TMI. Too much information. But and, wait, there's uh, more. But, but oh no. So we have not seen each other For since the last, long. well, almost since the last podcast. I I guess we saw each other once since then, but too long, too we, long. We've well, been we busy. gamed once in between. Yeah, there. we did. We actually gamed, which was sweet, fun. Right. Because, but our um, last podcast was on Columbus Day. Yes, a long time ago. Yeah. So, the, uh, well, my daughter had that big show. Yeah. I was in charge of the set, so that sucked up a lot of time. I have been gaming D&D with my boys. Good man. There were three or four of those on that calendar in between there. Three. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's really good. And uh, some date nights with my wife. And How was your wife? That's a good thing. Doing well. Doing good. You see, It's good that you see her once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's been busy. I've been busy, too. And I had a very big project. Working. Last half of October and uh, pretty much all through November, but... It's done now. Projects are done, and I'm ready to. I'm, we got the Thanksgiving weekend coming up, which is a big yeah, holiday happy here in, in the United States of America. Yes, happy Thanksgiving. And I'm going to take all four days off. So you, hopefully, I'll get to tinker with my squad leader stuff because I have not had a time to do nothing related correct. to squad leaders. So it's great to see you and great to be back in it. Well, and the, and the thing that happened when we were going to game here, we were going to play. A scenario and what happened? I didn't have the scenario. I had lost them. You, you had lost them. Yeah, you had gotten copies from somewhere. From some, from somewhere, somewhere. A source anonymous. will reveal. No, right. Because that's illegal. It's illegal, and we always obey the law. So we didn't have the. So we played something else. We improvised. We but did. Were you saying that if you copy a scenario for a friend? It's legal. 
I think it's legal if you copy a scenario for a friend. Who's going to play it with you. Play it with you. So they can look up the stuff. Right. So you don't have to share the paper. Like, pass me the scenario card. Pass me the... You know how annoying that is? True. And it's legal as long as you own a, a shredder. And, and you, you have to it. shred the scenario as soon as you're done playing it? Yes. Okay. Right. That's... Is, That's do, right. do, do the Chinese do that? Because I understand they don't respect copyright law. Probably not. I think they fold it up and stick it in fortune cookies or something like that. <laughs> it's oh, wait a minute. Am I stereotyping Did uh, I... some sort of bad... Yeah. Well, I think joke. I started it. Yeah. Did... Oh, oh, then it's your fault. Both. They're we both know who stereotypes. To sue. We know who to sue. Did I tell you about when I had my Chinese restaurant adventure with Laura? Uh, no. <laughs> Can I? Oh, yes. Listeners, do you have a few minutes? Yeah. I'm so, the, since I'm the only one listening. <laughs> yes. Currently, maybe for, maybe forever. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I did the pre-fortune cookie trick, right? You take out the oh. – and you – which is hard. You got to get little tweezers and get in there and get out those little – you buy a bag of the fortune cookies. You can usually find one that has like an edge sticking out yeah. and pull those out. Then you put – you run up your own. You put them in. Then I tape the – Little baggies shut. Now, our local restaurant serves them in the same little baggies that I can buy ah. and tape them shut. And I marked mine with um, dots and I had them somehow in order. So, and this worked. <laughs> so, I took them to the restaurant ahead of time. We went in, end of the meal. The waiter came up with the fortune cookies, yeah. mine, and I handed one to Laura. And it said something like, um, oh, you sing like a beautiful nightingale, which, you know, she does sing yes. right, at church and stuff and and has made a CD. And um, so she was like, oh, look at that. I'm like, wow, honey, that, that really is like you. Yeah. And then I had one for me that was just not quite really positive or negative. I forget what I wrote. And then she opened her second one. And I think I was had the, you know, by me, and I was handing them out looking for the dots so I'd yeah. keep, keep my own. Good. And the next one was another wonderful thing about her that is true. You're, you know, and she's like, oh, my gosh, look at that. That is so true about me. <laughs> she's starting to believe in Chinese fortune cookies. <laughs> Which, and, of course, the things I wrote were nothing like, you know, philosophical yeah. statements. So then I opened my last one and I went, What? And I handed it to her, and I read, it said on there, you are one bald, fat man. <laughs> <laughs> Which the plan was that would reveal to her that, that this was, was a hoax. A hoax, yes. <laughs> but she, she, World's funniest video. So first she goes, what? They, it can't possibly say that. I'm like, oh, look, it does. It says, look. And, and then she's like, oh, my gosh, it does say that. Then she started laughing again at me. And then I was like, no, no, honey, I put those in. Oh. And then she was like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yes, I did. Who would put that in a fortune cookie? That'd be a lawsuit, right? I mean, when someone's... Well, I don't... Yeah, probably. So anyway, it did work wonderfully. Especially because it's so not true. (laughs) That I'm so not true. Thanks, Jeff. You're not true. (laughs) Anybody that has met you would... Would never notice at all. Would never notice. Never think. That. Oh my gosh! Wow, you really went to a lot of. That was a lot of work. It was the like the best thing ever. Yeah. And so, listeners, gentlemen, 
hey, you got the holidays coming up, Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa. Chinese New Year. Chinese New Year. <laughs> Might be good. Is that around New Year's? That's time? around it's no, in it February. Already passed. February. Is it February? Yeah. There you go. Get that done, guys. Your wife will love you for it. But make sure she gets the compliments. Yeah, <laughs> don't, really. You don't, you don't, don't put things in there like... Like you're a fat, bald woman. <laughs> or <laughs> please clean the house more often. Yeah. Yeah. You're a slouch oh. and a slummer. <laughs> well... Well, you could. You know, it might be a, a good way of, you know, passing little hints to her. You could afford to lose a few pounds, honey. Something like that. So you could do that oh, with wow. Robin. Yeah, I could try that. Now, hopefully she won't listen to this episode. Until you have a chance to do it. Okay, yeah. She actually yeah. listens to all yes. She does, yeah. I, I don't think she's listened to the past couple of ones. I think she was afraid to listen to the one where we sang I Ran. <laughs> I told her about it, and she said, oh, really? And, you know, you could see her eyes getting big. Oh, really? You know that p- kind of pained look that people get on their face, and they're trying to look happy? But actually, it's like there's something stuck in their rectum. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. So well, I don't. I think she's. Oh, she's taking a break. Oh, but you listened to it, right? Yeah, well, I played it for my whole family. Did you really? And they quite enjoyed it. Oh, I'm yes. glad. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, we've had a couple. We did a couple good shows that night. <clears throat> I think. I guess. Yeah, the last episode was good. Uh, Guns, tomatoes, and steel. Oh yes, yes. That's all of, with, uh, yes, good. and lots of great product. And uh, yeah, great product. Heat of battle stuff. Yeah, fantastic. Not I'm heat of battle. Trying um, to get into well, no, no, it's the bounty fire. fire yeah. Right, heat of battles defunct. Sam Tyson, which will come up Sam in Tyson. our, which will come up in our email and our mails. Yeah, and um, I really want to get playing into the rubble, so I'm, I think I'm going to try and get Tim and in to do that too. We'll talk about that more, maybe maybe more if we do a what you've been playing lately. But yeah, we'll see. Okay. Yeah. So what's up first? Is it? Well, I think uh, you know we should the probably usual? start with the usual. Yes, I'm playing with the volume. It's a whirling dervish. Yes, it is. This guy really knows how to hit those uh, typewriter keys. He's good. That's I like the that. fast I like version. That. Yeah. yeah, I like that. On speed. Yeah. And I have a letter from Andrew Cohen. Oh, letters. Or do you say Cohen? I think he wrote before, but this time he is saying, from the Arabian Desert. Congrats on your 100th. Thank you for your efforts. In one of your recent shows, you mentioned the ASL Google Map, which I added my own pin. However, the nearest pin to me is a two-hour drive, Wow. followed by a five-hour flight. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. wow. <laughs> Any ASLers working for Saudi Aramco Oil Company? Keep up the good work and roll low. And he says, P.S., I live in Udiyala, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, which is literally in the middle of nowhere. Do I get a prize for being the most remote listener? What's the name of the town? I was afraid you were going to ask me yeah, to pronounce no. it. Yeah, do that again. Udhailia. Yeah, actually, I think I've I've heard of that town. It's right next to... <laughs> Am I thinking of the same town? <laughs> 
right across the street from them. Yeah, Uda Hialeah, Saudi Arabia. Boy, he's really out there. Well, I think we That's... could send him a book. If you send us your edit, what was that going to cost us to send it to Saudi Arabia? Oh, and it can't be a military book. I think he wrote us before and said when he gets games in the mail. They can't be military games? They raise suspicion. Really? He's not in the military. He's for the he's for Yeah, he works for Aramico. Well, let us know. Andy, That's what the you Arab, think. Arabic Amico. <laughs> we could send him a book. Maybe so. You th- what, you think we'll they check, don't have books in we'll, Saudi we'll Arabia? We'll check out the postage. All right. We'll let you know. You can email us again. Anyway, he, MPS sounds, he sounds lonely. Is, and here's the question for to make this an actual kind of ASL. Yeah, well, yeah, one, find you a, a gaming partner. Right. And he could play in Vassal, maybe, if he can. I mean, I don't. Saudi Arabia's. Maybe got Vassal. Yeah, I don't think they restrict that on the internet. <laughs> but uh, is is Rising Sun worth getting if I only have Beyond Valor Third Edition? Jeff, let's see. I can. Uh, I've got now, two different answers yes, for that. Exactly one of them right. is yes, because, and the other one is no. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so, and the yes. So yes is because be, it's Rising Sun. It's Rising and, Sun, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's ASL. Anything ASL is, is that kind of self-contained? If you got a lot of uh, Marine, you got some Chinese, Japanese scenarios, but you know right. you still need all the other ten thousand things that always list on the box. Yeah. So and so your answer. No, no, would be because because you can't play it of that. Yeah, yeah, it's typically better to build in historical order. That's my philosophy. But I don't know. I mean, we could go on. We could do a whole extra show just about about this. Yeah, um, looking at the components. Not to do that. You know, you almost you need do. to buy what's out now and then fill in when that stuff comes out. Because if you wait until earlier components come out, then Rising Sun might be out of print again. Correct. Yeah. And then you gotta wait. As long as for Hakapale. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which hasn't even Which been printed once yet. Still. Amazing. I'm ready for that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Andrew. Yeah, we hope you find somebody. I, I wish I knew somebody offhand, but I don't. I got one here from Alan Canamore. Hey, Dave and Jeff. Greetings from Eagle River, Alaska. No snow here yet, and I hope you're experiencing the same. Your show, I've listened to them all. Very nice work. Very enjoyable to listen to. Please keep going as you may yet make it into the ASL Hall of Fame. Where's the accept? No accept. No accept. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Maybe your ticket to eternity is a name on a counter. I have two half names on a counter. Yeah, you're you're good. You're covered. I'm not so good. (laughs) But I'm working on it. So Alan is a pilot. Uh, he's a pilot by trade and flown over this country for almost 30 years at 30,000 feet. So what does all this have to do with ASL? My dream is to, my midlife crisis dream is to buy a Piper Cub on the left coast and fly it to the right coast and then back again and stop along the way on all the little podunk airports where there are ASLers to play with. And so he anticipates uh, doing that sometime maybe in the summer of 2017, which gives us a little time to prepare. Prepare. We'll get a room ready. Three and a half years. Come on by and we'll game with you. Yeah, and maybe he can even get a sponsor like MMP could sponsor him. Get a a (laughs) patch on his hat. And and he can pull one of those flags behind the airplane that says MMP. Yeah, yeah. Like coming soon, (laughs) Hakapale. In 2017. Yeah. And I have one from Dennis Donovan. Finally, he says two things completed. See the attached picture. He's got a 
Portillo's bag. This is a local Chicago restaurant. Uh, and so he says, life is good. Woo-hoo. I guess he got to eat some Portillo's. Congratulations, Dennis. And completed homework. Earlier this year, he'd mentioned something about the way the troops swore in World War II versus what movies depict. Oh, yeah. And we had talked about this previously. It was one of the episodes from last spring. And I, he says, I remember seeing the real Band of Brothers guys a few years ago, and I think it was Buck Compton, the real one, who com- commented that soldiers didn't swear like in the movies. At any rate, I found an excerpt from Helmet for My Pillow, the novel oh, yeah. by Robert Lecky, and referenced in the Pacific and the T- HBO show. And he says, a few references to profanity, page 123, I'm a SOB. Page 222, what a paper ass. Shave tail, which means a rookie. He says, look it up on YouTube or Google. Go ahead, look up shave tail. And I'm, I'm afraid what you'd find <laughs> I'm not going to do it right now. That up. And then he yeah. says at page 16 about the F word, and, and he basically says this happened a lot and was often and profane and blasphemous, and there was always that word. It was the four-letter ugly word, and it's big, giant quote he's got here, which looks really well-written from the book, and kind of ends with, in the, um, until finally, one could only surmise that if a visitor acquainted with English were to overhear our conversations in the military during the, the book about the Pacific, Helmet for My Pillow, he would, in the way of the higher criticism, demonstrate by measurement and numerical incidents that this little word must assuredly be the thing for which we were fighting. Ah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and he says, I couldn't say it better myself. You're right, Dennis. That's very clever. Well, somebody – other, we've had other people that say that it wasn't prevalent. Well, he was quoting the yeah. the Banner Brothers guy. Yeah. So it maybe it depend on region, too, and who you end up with and and so on. I, I don't know. Maybe don't that know. was – that was, seemed like that was boot camp, so. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Well, that's interesting. And so the debate goes on. The debate, debate continues. I've got uh, an email here from Jackson Kwan. Hello, two half squads. How are you? I'm in Dubai this week for work. Maybe he can play with the guy from Saudi Arabia. That's only like 800 miles. Is it that far apart? I probably think so. Oh. Um, But switching on to your excellent podcast in hotel rooms always makes it feel homier. You mentioned uh, ASL blogs in episode 103. I thought you should know there's a recent thread in the Game Squad that lists them out pretty nicely, and he, he puts the uh, link there. We'll link put there? The show notes. Yep, and we'll start covering those. And my own ASL blog is www.hongkongwargamer.com. I thought this list would be helpful. Keep up the great work. Warm regards. Thank you, and I tweeted nice. out your. Um, I already tweeted out your blog, and we'll try and get it linked up on the show. From Miguel Lopez, wondered if you know of an ASL group in Phoenix. All right, Phoenix, Arizona listeners, anywhere in Arizona listeners. I was listening to Podcast 21, and one of you mentioned Phoenix. And I don't remember what that was. I won't be able Surprised. to find it. You, you posted on Facebook a few months ago a message from Joseph Reagan asking if there were, were anyone that would be willing to meet up and play. And I responded, but haven't been able to get a constant flow of contact coordinate. I know there's Vassal. But he likes playing the analog version of ASL. He's an ASL SK player and looking to get more playing time. So anyone, let us know if you're near Phoenix, and we'll connect you with Miguel's 
Yeah. Email address. That's a lot of uh, requests, maybe. A lot of email. Maybe we'll have to start. A lot of mail from the desert. (laughs) Yeah. Desert regions. What is with that? Yeah, I don't know. This was a post from, actually, this post came in on episode 45. It just came in, though. Somebody listened to it recently from Anonymous. Said the ladies did a great job with favorite things. Keep, Keep up the great work. My son, 10 years old, and I play starter kits, and I finally played a full ASL at P.J. Norton's Museum Fest in Detroit last year. Oh, excellent. It was a lot of fun. Everyone at the event was really nice. Good group of guys. On a separate note, I want to comment regarding starter kit critics. Do they care whether or not new players get into ASL? You know, and this is is typical. You know, the ASL purists say it's hard and bad on the game, blah, blah, blah. There's always... ah, I get so tired of controversy and all that stuff. Well, Just play, play, pick up something and play. Stop talking about it and play. I've left you speechless, haven't I? Oh, I was trying to figure out what he was saying. He was saying that it's a good avenue into yeah, the game good... and you've got to support it, right. at least at that level. Yes. Yeah, and I think that's very legitimate. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I've not even worried anymore if people don't graduate. If 10 years from now, at 20, it's more starter kids than... Full, yeah. so be it. I'm yeah. just so used to change now, Jeff. I'm just comfortable with good it. Good for you. I'm at peace with it. Yeah. I think it's good Good all the way around. You know, as being in the tech business, I get, I always get people calling me, which is the best phone? Should I get the Android phone or the iPhone? Which is the best computer? Which is the best laptop? Which is the best software? Which is the best? And, there are... and I always tell them, you know, what, you know what the best phone is? It's the one you buy and learn to use. <laughs> If you buy one and you don't learn to use it, who cares? It, and if it just because your for friends you. have it, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Buy a phone and call your mother. It's... <laughs> you know? And stop worrying about it. It doesn't have to be the best. It just needs to be a good. That's for a you. good point, Jeffrey. I like okay. it. I'll get off my soapbox. And Steve Deathlesson has Death Deathlesson has contacted us. He was from Heat of Battle. Yeah, this now, was a surprise. I don't surprise. know if they still exist, but I was buying all that early Heat of Battle stuff. I thought yeah. they kind of transitioned into Bounding Fire, but I'm probably wrong. No, I, yeah, I thought so. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we'd be glad to talk to you. He said he might be interested in talking about the uh, good old early days of the third-party products, and we would love to. We contacted Steve, but he couldn't get back to us in time for yeah. the show. And I was surprised. He wrote and he said, I stumbled upon your podcast recently. Oh. How? How could he? Well, not how. How could he have not known about us? Well, you know, I asked him that. Did you know that? Oh. <laughs> His response says, I'm not a podcast guy for the most part, but I had to get one, then poked around and found you guys. I downloaded oh. a bunch and have been listening on my trips. And he's in the Chicago area. Which is super. That's so, yeah, some well, people just don't do the podcast yeah, I guess. thing. It's listening to... I guess. Uh, Anthony wrote us, and he said... Uh, actually, he left a comment on our episode 103, Rally Around the Rising Sun. I enjoy listening to your show, but was disappointed with the political commentary that seems to creep into the show from time to time. If I want politics, I can go somewhere else for that. I come here to listen to about ASL. Why put off potential listeners who may not share your political views? Regarding this method of, oh, and then he goes on. Regarding the method of carrying beer kegs, the correct aviation oh. term <laughs> is bomb racks and not bomb grippers. I like bomb grippers. I thought that was a, a Dave's term. Good language you used to yeah. come up with while you don't know what else to say. But um, 
The political, I'm responsible. What? I'll bet if you listened back, it was probably me bringing that up. What did you talk about politics? I will. I, mean, poli- I don't know. I'm, it, I know less about politics than I do about I, ASL. And I think it happened again in our next episode we posted. Oh, yeah? We did two in a day. What, what did so you... let's say tonight, no politics. Okay, no politics. Or discussion of income inequality or any of those kinds Nothing of things. Nothing social. Nothing political, social, social justice issues, yeah. religion, sex, except right. just you and I. Yeah. Except. Yeah. Hand me your pants. So. <laughs> I just want to go through the pockets. I have one from Anonymous. I'm extremely impressed, along with your writing talents, as smartly as with the structure of your blog. We don't, oh, yeah, the blog you do, Jeff. The Facebook. Is that the oh, blog? No. I think it's oh. uh, the two halves. Oh, just the whole site. Well, again, I wanted to thank Jeff publicly and give you this tribute from Anonymous. Either way, keep up the nice, high-quality writing. Oh, look at that. How about that? That's just bragging on us, so let's move on. Okay. Well, I'll have to read that again and again later on. Here's one from Kenneth Knott. I've just heard of the untimely passing of Old Man Dan. I have just heard of the untimely passing of Old Man Dan. It is truly a tragedy, and I'm sure the ASL community feels the loss throughout. He lived a good life, and I think that even he knew his passing meant better things if in any case it is indeed a loss that we will never ever again have him as a guest on this very finest of podcast media fortunately Dave is such an entertaining host on his own there is no need for any special imaginary guests my son Aaron is going to miss him greatly the passing of old man old man Dan we hardly knew ye. Fare thee well, Dan. Yeah, and re- related to that, um, <laughs> and well, that was he's feeling better. Yeah, <laughs> I'm feeling better. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> we also had a post on uh, our Facebook page, and somebody wrote. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. Um, I got to get on that Facebook, don't I? You got to really don't want to do that. You got to get on the Facebook. I don't really want to do that. Where, where Corporations come? track you through that stuff, and then they, they oh, wait, are, are we allowed to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Social commentary? Oh, no. No, you don't want oh, to talk about that. Okay. Well, okay. Fun, <laughs> while you're looking, yeah. Jack Dempsey says, cheers, boys. Nice return of box art review. Woohoo! Hats off to Bounding Fire Productions for their excellent add-on module, Crucible of Steel. Yeah. And you both need to plant a type of determinate tomato plant, which only grows in a specific size, which will limit the amount of tomatoes produced. Bon appetit! Our listenership is just full of amazing facts and helpful hints. It is true. It's very true. Thank you, Jack. For that very helpful hint. You know, it's funny. I'm looking on Facebook. I just was reading this guy's post who said, I'm so glad that old man Dan won't be on again because that was, he wanted to stick himself in the head with a fork. 
but he's gone. Oh. I can't find it. Well. So, well, there we go. Okay. I guess if, you know, be careful, listeners. We don't want to dampen all types of create, no, creative endeavor it's on true, the show. true, and we got to try different stuff. <laughs> and I thought old Dan, I th- he seemed like a nice guy. And he bought me a beer. <laughs> Do we have any others? Is the last one, one Professor, Professor David Rothschild. Oh, okay. Professor David And then Rothschild, you have a box. Yes. Okay. Dear David, was happy to listen to your entertaining online broadcast. However, as your English literature associate professor at Department of English, I must say I am shocked by your current reading tastes. Bond of Brothers, really? Well, okay. Young adult fiction about the post-modern nuclear family? (laughs) It's not exactly about that. It's about men not sharing. Followed by Russian romance, Anna Karenina? Uh, it was actually kind of good. <laughs> kind of good. Kind yes, of good. kind of long. Yeah. Really long. May I suggest the following as a more age-appropriate and suitable for ASL podcast? Yes, you may, Professor a David A Bridge Rothschild. Too Far by Cornelius Ryan. Uh, read it. It Never Snows in September by Robert uh, Kershaw. Have not read it. In any event, keep up the dull work. Professor He's the one. Emeritus of Modern Classical English. He's David. the one pushing the dull button. Yes, <laughs> yes. We've had a lot of dull buttons pushed lately. And I'll bet that professor's behind the whole technological takeover of our whole society. Probably so. And if I could make that bombs sounds a little and go live in the mountains. David. Sorry. Got the politics. All right. Thanks, everybody, for writing. Thank you all. So we I asked him, box. do you have a knife down here? Because last time he had to go upstairs and get one from the kitchen. And he pulls out this, like, this big metal... Yeah, it was my, I want to say uh, stiletto, but is that a type of high heel? My wife's father was a, st- a paratrooper. This is actually authentic. And that's his actual to paratrooper when? boot knife. One of them. It's got a date on it, 1594. <laughs> he was old. Wow, this is heavy. When did you get this? Is this you from, got this in well, the wait meeting? a minute. What about this knife? Is this from what? when? Um, Post-Vietnam. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, so it doesn't I make know. it any less interesting. No. Yeah. It's very interesting. So here you go. And it's sharper than heck. It is still sharp. So we got you got something in the mail. Yeah, I think oh. it's addressed to you from oh, or to Jeff. kind of both of us, Jeff and Dave. Jeff, Dave. Jeff, Dave Kleinschmidt. I was hoping you to adopt me, Dave. <laughs> so, and this, I've never brought it up before, but now it's public. All right. This is heavy. It's heavy. Have I said that? Somebody sending us bricks? <laughs> or maybe it's someone who thinks we're behind the technological advances in society. And he wears sunglasses and he sends dangerous you know things is. to I people. I this isn't a box of your uh, fortune cookies or something. <laughs> There's a letter. What was the return address? FSB Priven. Prison. Folsom. Open Sky Boulevard. Yeah, Folsom Prison. I don't know. What's FSB the FSB Prison. I'm going to Google it. Boulevard in Moscow. It's in Moscow? It says Moscow. (laughs) I missed that part. It does say Moscow. And the zip code is 121099. I don't know. Federal Security Service, Moscow, Russian. Oh, this is written in Russian. Oh, but then, hi, guys. It's got a translation on the side? It does. (laughs) This is is for real, folks. We're not staging this. this I got this in the mail. Yeah. Hi, guys. Quick shout-out from Mother Russia. I'm so glad for your podcast. 
It's the only way I can keep up with the ASL world. I didn't realize that Rising Sun was out until your episode. I haven't been able to leave the prison, scratch that, hotel since I got here. <laughs> okay, I, wait, I googled this up. Of the KGB and affiliated prison in Ludyanka Square, Moscow, Russia, one director of the Federal Security Service of the Russian Federation, FSB. Okay, continue, sir. What was the name of that? The what square? It's, it's from Wikipedia, Ludyanka Square. Ludyanka Square. In Moscow. And FSB is like a federal... I know where Ludyanka Square is. It's right across the street from... Or am I mistaken? <laughs> no, I think it's about That's right. Where it is? Yeah. thought so. The only good news is that Putin is a major ASL fiend. Bad news is that the only module they have is Beyond Valor, along with Red Barricades. <laughs> I think I've played Guards Counterattack about 100 times now. Putin is a wicked, <laughs> wicked player. Before I met him, never knew anybody that would voluntarily route his multi-man counter into the victory building. Lacks self-esteem, however. I'm trying to convince him to attend uh, ASLOC for the World Cup. I keep telling him most Americans aren't like Rich Spilkey. More like <laughs> Dave K's skill level. <laughs> well, yeah. Needless to say, the Russians won't let me near any kind of technology, cell phone, computer, etc. In fact, they're so scared of a drone attack, I'm stuck inside 24-7. Anyway, I sent you a small package to show my appreciation for 100 episodes. By the way, Jeff, did you get my LinkedIn invite? You never responded. The Russians are looking for a computer consultant and thought we could partner up for a bid. Stuck in Russia, your number one fan, Edward Snowden. <laughs> there we go. I'm going to have to start framing these yeah, letters. This is very, very, really nice. You want to open this? I cut no, no, you, you. No, you go ahead. Okay. Your name was first in parentheses. Just can't imagine. Because Dave uses his email address just in case someone sends beer. Yes. It says stop now. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, it's books. Look oh, at look at that. Hungary, 1944-45, the Panzer's the Last Stand. stand. Uh, from the Men and Battle series. Uh, I don't. I don't know if that's going to be given out as a prize on this show. Historic and collect historic like collections. Oh, that looks that very nice book. Lots of pictures. Thank Maybe you, Mister like Snowden. Very nice. Hey, we should do this a podcast was... reviewing war movies and war books. That's a great idea. And war magazines, because here's a copy of World War II history, history from uh, January of 2010. Look at this. Has great uniforms in it for like guys that paint miniatures. Do you know any guys that paint miniatures? <laughs> yeah, but I already painted up all my World War oh, II. Oh, you did. Okay. Long ago. I think you should get a whole nother group and paint them without pants. Well, I... <laughs> so there's two, three... Yeah, they were called no, the, two. the Germanic tribes, yeah. Jeff. <laughs> yes. And the Celts. The Celts had naked warriors. Yeah. Yes, they did. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I like them a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really. I like to imagine how they... Oh, never mind. So two World so War II two history World War II. magazine, wow. which is a great magazine. Now after we read these, maybe we could pass these on. We might even know something about World War II history when we're done. Here's a, another magazine. Oh, World Strategy and Tax, Tactics, World at War. Yeah, now someone else Pacific. sent us one of these previously. And I haven't read it yet. It's actually in the to-do stack still. This is great. This is 
What a wonderful stash. It's Another immense. strategy and tactics, World at War, Barbarossa, the Russo-German War. Well, of course, because it's from Russia. Russia. Are these all? They're not all Russian. No. Primarily, though. Here's another strategy and ta- tactics about Tobruk. This one, oh, look, this had to come from the Soviet Union. Patton stalled as if oh, that yeah. would ever happen. Yeah, he did not. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm not sure this stuff is accurate. <laughs> it's their slanted view Tobruk. of the war. And didn't these come with games? No, they, they're designed to go with some of their games. Well, they had two... You could get the issues two ways. You could buy just the magazine, or you could buy the magazine with the game. Oh, okay. And like Barnes and Noble too. Yeah, yeah, they stuck a yeah. lot. Of... And they they have them at my library. I just found. Oh, out. okay. Oh, in Vietnam, in the Arlington Heights Library, and they had a bunch of that stuff. Now I haven't painted my Vietnam armies yet. Oh well, this will be perfect. Yeah, they're all. I got a box load. I got to someday get to them or sell them. So this is uh, modern war Vietnam battles. Snoopy's nose and Iron Triangle. Just, I cool. just don't even know. That's just, I know what Iron Triangle is. I don't know what Snoopy's nose is. It unless, comes right before unless, Iron Triangle. Unless they mean the you know actual like Snoopy. This is wonderful. What a great gift. And another issue of Strategy and Tactics, The War of the Pacific, Chile versus Bolivia. What? That, did that ever happen? 1879 and through 1883. What? Could be. I'm Did a little. Not. I'm a little weak on my Latin American yeah, history. I am too. Showing the Euro bias that I yes. have, I'm sure. Yeah. I like Euros too. <laughs> and then finally, the Tactical World War II Journal, a Tactical War Gamers, the Tactical War Gamers. Ah, I'll start again. Okay. This is issue one. That's why I'm having. You're going to start again. You want to put them all back in the box? No, not all of them. Just this one. The Tactical War Gamers, World. <laughs> Okay, start a third I time. W two journal is that a W two? Looks like it. No, premier issue. Yes, History it of is. tactical war gaming, tactical board game packaging, ASL online reference site, ASL product checklist. Oh, wow! It has Russians on the cover. Wonderful stuff! Wow, what a great, great gift. This Thank you, Mister Snowden. He's a generous guy. Yeah, I think we should pardon him. Well, I have connections. Your pardon. In the, you know, with the Democrats and the Obama people. Uh, for, oh, it, oh No politics. Sorry. Look at all this. Yeah. I mean, it's... All right, well, we can't just no, sit here we can't just sit there gleefully looking at all this. Stuff. We need to get moving. Yeah. So we'll be reading that stuff. Well, now uh, we'll just open the phone lines. Let's open all the right. phone lines and see uh, if anybody calls. Okay. And the uh, the lines are open. Anyone call in? We're ready. Go ahead, call in. All lines open. Easy to get through. Waiting for your call. Thank you. We are here, ready for your call. Are you lonesome tonight? Anyone? Do you miss me? Any, call about anything at all. Are you Hello? Sorry we <laughs> Doesn't have to be about ASL, even. Just don't call about politics. Does your <laughs> Thank you, Elvis. Big ASL fan was Elvis. We better, well, maybe we should do something more serious. All right. I oh, think I'll my. pour myself a drink. I don't know yeah, if you noticed I think this. I'm, ready. Um, I'm drinking wine. 
And because? Well, I'm on a diet. Okay. Oh, we talked about this. Were you doing this a month and a half ago? Uh, it's the possibly. lower carb. Yeah. And so it gets the weed out. It's actually uh, meat. I can eat any kind of animal protein and vegetables, just no grains. So yes. no grains of any kind. Okay, we had talked a bit about that. I noticed you lost and, a little weight. Yeah. And the beauty of this diet, and this diet comes from, this particular one comes from the 4-Hour Body by Timothy Ferris. The beauty of this diet is once a week is binge day. So every Saturday is you binge day. You get drunk on your butt. Well, right here. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, but you can eat whatever you want, as much as you want. It's encouraged. And what so is that beverage you have there? I so. And are you but, sharing this or not? Well, in the in the no. <laughs> you need it for your special diet. But in the diet, you can here. have two glasses of wine every night, red wine every night. It's Benef- a great diet. Benefactor seller. So well, this is Benefactor Celery. This is from Trader Joe's. It's five bucks a bottle, and it's delicious. <laughs> I'm serious. Oh, so, okay. You are serious. What are you laughing you laugh? Well, usually five bucks a bottle and delicious don't go together. But then I, I probably I'm just being sucked into the corporate um, control, mind control done yeah. through all this advertising we're subjected to in this society. Sounds a little political. Oh, no. So, okay, sorry. Here, pop that puppy for me. I believe it's Dun- Dundee India Pale Ale on sale. And I'll finish off my Diet Dr. Pepper and my cup with straw. Oh, David, there you go. Oh, no. no. <laughs> I'm spilling the India Pale Ale. I'm so sorry. On the mouse. I'm sorry. Oh, it, was, it kind of exploded on me. There you go. Yeah, I spilled beer on my mouse. Wow. That's never happened. You know what? I think we should change. Maybe this podcast we should just banter all night. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. What have you been playing lately? What have you been playing lately? Oh, you got some ASL stuff? Thank you. Uh, oh, we played, you and I played this one. You remember that one? Oh, sure. Uh, HS5. So this is a historical something or other? Yes. Is this from uh, the one that we pulled out of? Yes. Suicide Creek. Yes. Came out of the magazine. Oh, that's out of the magazine. Okay. Did we cover that one already? No. No, I don't know. What Didn't we play one out of uh, Operation Watchtower? We did. That's what, what that is. Oh, it is. Okay. Wait, what board is it? ER. Oh, yeah. Edson's Ridge. Edson's Ridge. You're yeah. right. Thank you, Jeff. Okay. Okay. You know what? There's already so shred- much stuff. There's- you'd already shredded all your copies I, worrying that they yes. were coming to get you. Right. No, I own Edson's Ridge, so... Yes, so we played Restoration. Uh, very, very quick. I'm trying to remember what happened. Yeah, I think Edson's I lost really Ridge. badly. What was the terrain like? On this particular one. Yeah, a small scenario is just the Japanese have eight squads and a couple of machine guns, and they're defending huts, I think. Let's see, Americans win a game on if they control hexes. M3, N1, N7, I think those were huts or something. Weren't they huts? Oh, yeah. And yeah. it was skirting around the edge. One group got around the top edge, and then the rest hit right through the middle. Right. And they, Americans just jumping on Japanese with the six to four odds. And yes. You just uh, you kind of just shredded me up and kind of cakewalked right in. It was only four and a half turns. I think we ended by three and a half or something like that. Yeah, it could have been. Maybe the top it was of looking the four. really grim. It was looking pretty yeah. bad. So Yes. But... 
we're started into those. So Still we can short play and fun. some of those as yeah. we go back to our Suicide Creek. Yeah. That came in that maybe. This was nice, though, because I, I haven't played any of the short ones from Edson's Ridge, and it was nice getting out the map and, you know, having some Making some stuff use to look of at. all the different yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had played from the journal, finishing off that journal, wherever I left off, nine or ten, nine. Yeah. With Mark Woods, we had started that three-game oh, yeah. one by Pete Schelling. This part was three for the third, second part. Also, I totally blew him out. As the Germans, getting all five of the points, you score points for these extra buildings control and then for the normal victory conditions in addition. And trying to remember what... Well, Americans got all these vehicles. And uh, Mark, I think he... Yeah, just moved a little slow the first turn or two, and then... I had an $88, and it's everything I just did hit and blew things up. Yeah. Hit and blew things up. Hit and blew it up. Hit and blew it up. Oh, so, yeah. you know, that, when that's starting to happen, this guy doesn't miss your tank on his first shot or second, yeah. giving you a chance to shoot back. Well, plus, and like, how many turns in this? Yeah, I had a Shrek, and I was pulling the Shrek. It came right in. It was, yeah, per, everything was working perfectly. Yeah. Uh, eight turns. I think oh, okay. we were done about six. Because you said he started so. slow, and some, you know, certainly on those shorter scenarios. Well, if you bring up tank if you support, do slow, it's hard to catch up. His infantry came came up well, but the tank support he was worried about getting all these hits. Oh, okay, but you have to find a way to get those tanks massed and supporting that infantry. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and was he using armored assault to move them up? No, because they had buildings. And they're oh, okay. moving okay through the buildings. Oh, okay. But and I, I think I laid in my guns very well too. And then the Shrek ended up moving up a little bit on a turn or two and being able to add the death to the tanks that were getting hit by the eighty eight and yeah. Yeah. So. But anyway, we like that series. We're gonna play the third one out anyway, even though I won the two out of three. Oh yeah. The third third one. Sure. Would have been nice to have that as a tiebreaker, but we'll play it anyway, because you yeah. get to know all your American vehicles that way. A lot of these half tracks and different tanks, different kinds of vehicles, Greyhounds and all. And that's it. That's it. We haven't been playing much. But no. Hopefully, and maybe, I don't, when, when are you getting out of school? Maybe we'll have some time to play over the Christmas break. Yes. We'll have to work that in. And um, I got to get, I got to call Rich. I actually haven't spoken to Rich because we're going to play through a bunch of the Crucible of Steel stuff. <clears throat> but I haven't talked to him since he got back from Aslock. So. We'll get back on that, and we'll have more to report next time. And even though we have opened a box already, guess what time it is? What time is it, Jeff? It's time for... What's in the the box? box. Seems appropriate that we have a box as we're going into the holiday season. Yes, but I don't have a box. I have a magazine. I have an ASL Annual 90. And we don't have Bob Holmes from here to really make fun of it. So (laughs) you'll have to do that, Jeff. I'll try. On the cover is the wonderful painting we had already reviewed in Box Art Review. Yeah, the three firemen. Of the Italian guy with the machine gun. They look like firemen. Opening this up, a big ad for Red Barricades, suitable for framing. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. And the first scenario, Abel at Cesaro. Now, these are the big old days. This is 20... Italians with uh, 
my 48 minefield factors. You know, who couldn't love that? It's yeah. not desert boards, though, but you might enjoy that one, boys and girls. I'm sure. Who did that? Who uh, designed it? They don't, they don't used to not say Oh, in that's days, right. Remember? They didn't. Yeah. So that means I designed it. I, I designed it. I back give in... you a lot of credit, Dave, and where credit <laughs> is due. In fact, I designed all the scenarios in this pack. Yes, and you wrote the entire magazine. I did. Uh, here you go. Eight Million Bayonets, an article by Craig Posse, Posey. Uh, I wrote Great History. Great, look at the fine print again. It's very small. Boy, they really packed a lot into they these did. things. Yeah. And it is a history of the Italian manpower material in ASL with a great history at the opening. Look, it goes on and on. And then I just said, read this part. I, I had reviewed this quite a long time ago. So bear with me, everyone. Okay. As you always do. We do. So, while the Italian player may generally field a staff of leaders that is greater in quantity than those available to the American or Russian, when equivalent numbers of squads are involved, their leadership quality, as indicated by the modifiers, is significantly lacking. It almost goes without saying that when a leader is created during combat, the Italian will usually get the short end of the stick. And so he makes these kind of observations that apply to your ASL game. By analyzing the leadership modifiers again, very data yeah. driven. Yep. And uh, I, th I may have read that article, or I may have read several others that are like that, where they go into great detail comparing uh, the the actual composition of fighting units to what the um, the counterparts in ASL and how it fits together. And I always think, really, does it? When they created ASL, did they really take all that into account, or is is it just after the fact they, they can look at it and yeah and do make not this know. stuff? I don't know. In, in any case, it's very interesting, and it's not political, really, is it? No, there's no not. politics involved no. at all. So it's 100 percent safe for your in, consumption. In this part, he's saying the British 547 can muster 85 percent of the German fire. The best Italian squad can only generate 70 percent. Yeah. And the first-line Italian units have but a 48% of yeah. the German firepower range. Another aspect of firepower is worth mentioning, the effects of the close combat table. and pitting the first line of the Italians against that of either the Germans, Russians, or British, that one extra point of firepower renders it impossible for the Italian to achieve a one-on-one -on -one parity on the table. Yeah. The result, the enemy will score a kill 27% of the time, while the Italian will do so only 16% of the time. Matched against the American 666, it will take two Italian first-line squads to make the contest even. Even if the Italian manages to close with his opponent, only sheer numbers will carry the day for him. Keep that in mind when you play Italians, which are used in that Russian packet I so loved um, as the... Oh, no, I forgot. I think they're the, actually the Reds. What, the Russian Civil War yeah. pack? Yeah, the Reds, not the Bolsheviks. Yeah, the Reds, and then the Hungarian or the Axis Minor were the White Russians. Dave and I you know, one I mean, of those. I didn't put it in my pack. Oh, is it too late to go back to what you've been playing lately? Um, no. Oh, we're still in the middle of the game. That's yeah. why. Oh, it's on my table at home okay. right now. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I would like to play enough ASL so that I could read that article and go, "Oh yeah." Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I well, noticed that. Oh, yeah, I noticed that. But you know instinctively, right, a, f a German 447 against a 337. Yes. Right. In close combat. 
that stinks. Right. That little firepower difference. But those little things like, um, you know, if you're within three hexes, you can achieve parity. And if you're at four hexes, though, watch out what you're doing and da-da-da-da and stuff like that. For firing ranges. For firing ranges. And then effects of of the leaders, the best leaders that you can put in stacks like that compared to your enemy. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite interesting. And there is a great weapon history in here also. And he talks about artillery and guns and armor and transport. And then the synthesis at the end, he calls it synthesis. Oh, synthesis. Yeah. What's it mean? Not conclusion. Oh. I think he's synthesizing it all together. Wow. I didn't highlight anything there to read, so I won't. But you have Monastery Hill, Italians in that one. Stand Fast the Guards, very famous. Most of these have been... Reissued or will be coming out, I'll bet you, in the Italian reprint coming right. up. Yeah. So ASL Annual 90, I wonder if this is can be got anywhere. Yes, on eBay. For an exorbitant price. Originally $12, and a deal it was. There's a, a letter from Tim Kitchen to Mr. Martin. Several years months ago, I briefly mentioned that I was writing a computer program to implement do-your-own-scenario-generation system for ASL. And then my question I wrote was, did anyone ever do this? Probably. I don't remember it. Yeah. Back in the day, he probably wrote it on his Apple II computer. Mm-hmm. And in this annual 90, Jeff, you'll find an article by Jim Stoller, Program Instruction Approach, Eight Steps to ASL. Uh, I believe this was linked on our show. I think that's right. At one time. I'm still there to be found. So this is really worthwhile. The eight, the program instruction. He yeah. he breaks it down. He he gets you playing. Okay, let's just do this scenario. We're going to add this. Now go read this rule section. We're going to add this. Now go read this section. Play this scenario or this one or this one. Yep. And switch sides. Play it again. Great program to approach. Yeah. Recommended for starter players who are looking to move to full ASL. Yes. Certainly makes it possible to do it, and I wonder if they are, if this is available as a download separately now, like just freely available. I do not know. I would think they would want to do that, but it also has know. the old standard squad leader scenarios. Oh, like A four. So okay, it's got the old counter art and everything on it. Ah, so that goes way back, huh? Yeah, on the borderline in Finland. Don't even say it. I won't. Penetration it of Rostov. saying. German. Yeah, some Russian. good size scenarios there. 12 turns, 11 turns. Yep, and this one has been reprinted into the new Beyond Valor, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. Devil's Brigade, a reference notes for ASL by Steve Swan. Okay, now Steve's approach here is talking about fitting a historical Devil's Brigade into ASL. How it would break down in terms of regiments. Headquarters, you'd have a 9 neg 2, an 8 neg 1, a 667 MMC, and a 347 half squad, a headquarter platoon. They have soldiers with the leaders. You know, kind of machine gun breakdown and truck would go eight with an AT gun platoon. Um, and I wrote, use cat and mouse scenarios. I haven't played those yet. Cat and mouse. So is he talking here about the Canadian Devil's Brigade and their. Uh... Involvement in the invasion of Sicily no, this and is, uh, Italy? Well, no, this is American. Oh. During World War II, the U.S. Army employed five different types of light infantry. The largest and best known were the paratroopers. Their actions are well covered in ASL. A second type was the rangers. 
commando type of formation specialized in amphibious and night raid operations. The Rangers saw the most action in North Africa and European theaters. One battalion in the Southwest Pacific area was the 6th. The organization history of one of these has been studied in my article, Darby's Rangers. And another kind of light infantry was the American Merrill's Marauders. Right. An offset of the Chindits, which were used in Burma. This information organization must await the release of the Pacific ASL module. Yet a fourth type of light formation was a special mountain division, raised and trained late in the war for operations in Italy, Austria, Scandinavia, and southern Germany. Okay. That, that was the one I wish to look at. Here yeah, is in my that mind, was the, the most unique brigade. light infantry. Yeah. yeah, I guess it was. Um, I guess just depending, it was Americans or a combination of Americans and Canadians. That Probably. may have been. I did reread all this. Yeah, the Royal Canadian and Army. The only said, reason why I know is because I saw the movie recently. Yeah, the Royal Canadian Army set infantry yeah. requirements for the U. Yeah, yeah, American volunteers, and then the yeah, yeah. The Devil's Brigade was actually a pretty good movie made back in the late sixties. With William Holden, I think, Richard Jekyll, uh, Warren Oates, not Hall and Oates. <laughs> but it showed them in all their different training they were doing. They were doing mountain training and ski training, and then they went in for their for their first actions. They went in, and it was Sicily or Italy somewhere for their, when they engaged the Germans for the first time. Very good movie. Not great, but good. Good enough yeah. to watch. I love men in kilts. <laughs> this has a deluxe as scenario in it because yeah. they don't have pants. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as well as a desert one and a series replay by mm. Mark Nixon and Bill Sizzler. That's some big names yeah. and good players. Yeah. And the uh, scenario is 37 Comzen, which is desert. Good diagrams here. So a series replay. Very detailed. Very challenging to track all the shots. Have you read, have you followed a series replay ever? No. Do you think anybody does? No. Like go through it and. No. Yeah. But let us know, listeners. Yeah, I'd like to know if anybody's ever done it. Move by move series replay. I would really like to know. I do read the after the, you know, oh, here's what happened the British response, the German response, and then the neutral commentator. And then I skip all the moves and go again to the responses and get a feel of the game and look at the maps, illustrations, and get a feel of the movement. And that's what we were trying to to do more with our series replays we do on my, you know, the ASL extras. Right. Without all the detail and. Yeah, just capturing that. Um, and another deluxe scenario. Oh, a lot of scenarios. Yeah. And giving it your best shot, a checklist for direct fire in SL. SL, squad leader. Yeah. So you can just cross that out. Look at this graph, though. Hurts my eyes. It hurts my eyes. very statistic driven in the old days, aren't they? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And I always imagine the guys writing it have the pocket protectors Mechanical pencils, you know, thick glasses, short sleeve white shirts with yeah, eyes. Yeah, that would be probably you know. fitting. And their wives calling, honey, are you coming to bed? Yeah, later. Tomorrow. Well, this article, one of the last ones in here by Charles Marcus, War in the Shadows, the Partisans in ASL. Ah, and he had noted that whatever the historical achievements of the partisan soldier or leader, he's never been popular with or respected by the regular soldiers, even by his own allies. While Eisenhower paid tribute to the French resistance, Montgomery showed no interest or respect for them. Hmm. What do you think of that? That's unkind. 
but not political. Events were to show these were over-hasty assessments. British commandos deployed on raids against German-held island garrisons in the Asian and Yugoslav mainland fought alongside the partisans and came to admire their stamina, I would think so. thoroughness, and ability to move skillfully at night. Yeah. The Soviet view of the partisans depends completely on whose side the guerrillas fought. Many partisans in Russia and the Baltic states fought against the Soviets, while those in the Ukraine fought the Germans and the Soviets with equal enthusiasm. Remember, the Soviet population was divided. Yes. Especially in the beginning. And I did highlight yeah. a bunch of stuff, which I don't think we'll be reading now, but it covers the manpower, the 337 squads, that what they represent, um, the five force, why they use the different squads, German security battalions, what their responsibilities were, um, and some historical mixes with the... I circled a lot of stuff, but I don't think I'll just be reading that Yeah, I would like you. to kind of go over go through that because I have not read that and I have always wondered how the uh, partisans were organized. How did they keep their organization? How how were they organized? How big were their forces when they were how big an engagement would they get into? You know, or was it all just sort of back back door, back alley, subterfuge, more like uh, sabotage kind of stuff? Yeah, no, they would have up big stand up fights they too. Would, yeah. Yep. I've played some scenarios like that. Okay. Does talk about things like the partisans' low firepower is a symptom of yeah. shortcomings. Uh, three uh, equipment, yep. ammunition, and training. So you can't pin it to one thing, and so on. And then this page is a dog's life. The new LATW for ASL light anti tank weapon. Have you ever seen that one? Take a look yeah, at that, Jeff. See. That counter. Oh. There's a dog. No, I have never seen that. With what strapped on it? Uh, with that's uh, that's ex- with a explosive uh, satchel. Yes, a DC and the antenna on the back. The, the because it's a radio trigger. controlled dog. <laughs> no, it's a trigger. Oh, it's not it's an a, antenna. Oh, it's Slinky Dog. <laughs> How so cool! The Russians would train these dogs by throwing food under. We talked about this. Yeah, before, we did. Didn't we? Yeah. yeah, and I didn't believe. I it mentioned was real. the counter. It's not real. Those are all. Jokes. Oh, it's those a are joke. all comedy. <sighs> Those were all comedy columns, but it looks pretty authentic, doesn't it? it and does. I actually wanted—I want to have that as a counter, for sure. I, yeah, as a dog lover, though, I didn't really find appreciate it, that you know. very much. No. And look, it even had the errata for the dog counter. Yep. Wow! Right there in the column. <laughs> and some more scenarios: Rigobudo Bridge, cold crocodiles. That wow. we've seen a lot of tournament play. Break out your debriefing in the back here. Um. That's a gargantuan amount of stuff put together for $12, even though that's 23 years old now. That's a lot. That's a lot. Oh, and I highlighted some names of players in this non-coms of Company A. And there's Jeff Sebula in Downers Grove. Hmm. So you and him missed hooking up back in the day. Yeah, we did. There. Mr. Bill Connor, Youngston, Ohio. Yeah. Passed away. Right. Annie and Daglish, who passed away. Oh, yeah. All listed here way back in the day. And I, oh, no, I'm sorry, Andy Daglish from ah. Britain. Maybe some oh, relation. Ian is listed there, too, oh, okay. underneath him. They're the groups. These guys have groups that they game with. And so Bill's listed as Daryl, a good friendship going way back. Uh. And uh, a humorous response by Mark Nixon to How to Win an ASL Tournament, which... Bob Holmstrom found particularly humorous. You may recall him. Yes. <laughs> when we read that one. Yeah. 
And his response, he says, all is well and good with this, but what about the rest of the pack? You know, regarding that article. Yeah. Um, what do the rest of us losers have to look forward to in such a tournament? And then he writes a comical response to the article we read in the first annual. And this is the second one. And, you know, when you really look at it, though, it's a lot of these articles on troops, right? Yeah. The Italians, yep. the Ranger yep. group, the Devils. The Partisans. The Partisans. Yep. And so you're not getting a lot of tactical gaming advice. So and I'm you're not sure how much I'd recommend this one. Ah, okay. Right? A lot of good so history. So more history, right. Yes. A good of why these counters are like this. Yeah. A good of if you did the devils, here they are. I love the partisan article. I mean, I loved it. But in terms of how to play a better game of ASL, the statistics just don't cut it much in terms of tactics. And No. Scenarios are always great. So I would not rank the ASL Annual 90 all that highly, to be wah, honest with you. Wah. Yep. We're sorry, ASL 90, but we just can't give you a high mark. That's my conclusion. I like, you know, I like that about you, Dave. You're not afraid to say <laughs> that it's not a great piece of work. And that's my what it's in the box. What do you have? Very good. Um, oh, yeah, I do have something in the box. Well, it's in a, it's in a package. Just because I wanted to get something in the mail from MMP. Because as you may recall... Mm. I did have uh, Rising Sun on pre-order, and then I had to cancel it for reasons. And so I thought, well, I need to get something. So I went on their website, and I just looked for the cheapest thing. <laughs> it wasn't the cheapest thing. Well, it was the cheapest thing, but I also needed this. I ordered a pack of, uh, of the, uh, the dividers. dividers. And I think this is a great deal. For $16? $16. $16. Still, you get that's what it was when I ordered mine. Yep. You get a complete set of the dividers with all the charts. And everything you want on there. And somewhere I lost one of my QRDC charts. So here they are. I think I found your QRDC chart. Oh, did you? Okay. Did, you didn't write your names on yours, did you? No, but I will now. I, I think writing. it's in my book. I saw it when I was playing Dave, I think. Oh, okay. I well, like, I Where did this extra chart come from? Well, if it's extra, then I'll take it back. But I am going to put my name on them from now on. So here they are, all brand fresh, new and there's three hole punch, but there's no blue paper with that set. I don't think. Yeah, disappointing for you, I know. Yes. I'm going to buy you some blue and, paper. And you know, for my Christmas. problem with the original set is you only got one with the reprint of the rule book. One of the the condensed QR whatever chart. Right. You should Oh, you two. only get one? It's a two player game. Oh. Yeah, there's one in there, right? Yeah. You should get oh, two. It's a two-player I thought, game. Actually, I thought I was supposed to have two. No, you're only supposed to have oh, one. Then I'm not missing one. But I still have a chart with no name on it, unless you got it in a different rule set. Yeah, right? You had your original, then you had a second. Did you get second edition? I have second rules, edition And now, you have yeah. your original. I don't have the first edition rules. I had borrowed those. Well, and I gave maybe them back. I have someone else's chart. Yeah, it could be. But no, see, you only get one. But I thought this was... I think everybody well, you need should to. have an extra set. You, well, you need, you need two of yeah. the pure get, disease. Get it, everybody get an extra set. Yeah, it should have been in the game. That one chart duplicated. Yeah. Yeah. So excellent. Thank you, MMP. Yeah. Okay, boys and girls. It's terrain time. And our final segment tonight, Jeffrey, will be the rules. The <sighs> terrain time. To... That's what that music meant. 
Yes, it did. The I'm looking today. My research guided me to rule seven, runways. Runways rules apply to hard surface runways or wide city boulevards. So you can have two types of uh, runways. It doesn't have to be an actual airport. And rule 7.3, there's a neg-1 TEM to IFT fire regardless of fire phase. Say again. Regardless of fire phase, there's a neg-1 on you, on your butt. When you're on a runway? Yep. Ah. So, but if you're if you're moving in open ground on a runway, so it's a neg three. I think it's a neg three. Wow, nasty. Well, that makes sense. I mean, you're obviously. I mean, there's big no open cover. and bullets are yep. bouncing off the runway. Yep. And not going into the earth. Yeah. This is hard surface runways or wide city boulevards. Again. Okay. Are there wide city boulevards mm-hmm. in red, like red barricades mm-hmm. and? Uh, Correct. Okay. okay. Never played with those, but would you, like to. You move as on a road, except there's no street fighting and no yeah. dash. No dash, right. It's far too big. It would have to be, yeah. The only fortifications you get are wire, roadblocks, and unhidden mines. Okay. Mm. You just place on top of the concrete. Yeah. So you can't be digging in anything. Yeah. Foxholes, shell holes, minefields. And then completes runways. That's it? <laughs> That's it. That's a rule well, I, I can't wrap all, my head around. Yeah. All the rules be like that. <laughs> wow. Now, rule the next rule section. And so all very we should sensible. probably continue then, shouldn't we? I think we should, yeah. All right, rule number eight. Sewers. We did sewers. In our Red Barricades episodes, yes, we didn't did. we? Yep. Skip eight. Well, then maybe we should go on. Let's go on. We're doing so well. <laughs> rule number nine. Wow. In order. I didn't really want to do rule number nine. Why? We talked a little bit about it long ago, but it's a little complicated. It's a lot of pages, and it includes wall advantage. Ah. Yeah. But I buckled down, and I took my notes. And we'll see what if I and can was remember there them. stuff you could you didn't remember? As you went through it again? Oh, I mean, I when think I play walls? It seems like wall advantage is one of those things where I can read it once a month and get more out of it. Yeah, that is true. And it's a rule I often do is we kind of ballpark. Yeah. Like, oh, you were th- by the wall first. Why yeah. don't you just take wall advantage? Right. Which is not the way it's supposed to go. Yeah. As I'll cover. Okay. So, first of all, breaks in walls do or do not block line of sight. Breaks in walls do not block line of sight. You are correct. Yeah. Are they a full-level obstacle or a half-level obstacle? Walls, half-level. You are correct. Unless... A very tall wall. <laughs> or you're standing in a hole. <laughs> it's, well, there are entrenchment rules for that, but no rules for very oh, tall are. walls, unless you're counting bocage. Yes, right. Which isn't a wall, but no. a hedge yeah. that's very tall. And thick. And crumbly, crumbly. Yeah. And unless it's part of a viewing target hex. Because when you're standing behind the wall, you're shooting over it. Right. It's not an obstacle. It's not an obstacle. Yes. Even down the hex side, underlined, which I underlined before, I just tried to rip off Mark Woods on that roll. 
Oh, did you? Amazingly, yeah. He's like, well, I could shoot down along this. And I'm like, the head, that side, yeah. And then I had a wall turning down the hex side, one of my hex sides, but not both. And it was between us. I wasn't on the other side of it. And I tried telling him it was going to block line of sight. He's like, I'm sure you taught me otherwise. And I'm like, well, let me look again. And sure, <laughs> yeah, sure enough. Okay. So this is why you need refreshers, folks. Yeah, really. Or the, either that or you're subconsciously trying to rip off your opponents. Never, This never blocks line of sight to your own hex, the wall, the half-level obstacle. You know, if the wall's on the hex sides, it doesn't yeah. block line of sight into that hex. Even versus bypassers on the other side of the wall. You probably have to look at the diagram. <laughs> yeah. To figure so that if they're out. bypassing on the other side of the wall, they can still fire at you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no... that's easy enough. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Now, 9.21. Entrenched, as you mentioned, cannot see beyond the next text. Now, I never thought about Same that. Same level really. or I lower target because they're entrenched. So if you're in a foxhole. You're dug down. Next to a wall. Yeah. And I never would put a foxhole next to a wall. I Usually think, you wouldn't. But, right. You know. There was a game I did. And I think it was the game when I learned that you couldn't see over the wall when you were entrenched behind it. Yeah. But I wonder if you would Real want early. that if you're defending. Where you, so you, you've got to wait for the attacker to come over the wall. But then, he, some but advantage then you're giving him that. wall advantage. As he's coming over? Well, he's on. yeah, there's no rule for shooting yeah, a guy really, as he yeah, comes yeah. up over the wall. No, there isn't. Right. There are miniatures games. But. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And. Well, you'd probably never do it, but they have to cover it in the rules, just in case. Yes. Yeah. Probably. And if you're on a half level or higher uh, terrain behind the wall, can you be seen? Yes. Of course. So if you're standing on your horse. On your horse, like that picture. Like on, on that our picture. Yeah. Facebook. Now, 9.3. What is the terrain effect modifier of a wall? Uh, plus one. Plus two. Two plus is three. correct. Plus two four. is correct. Plus two five. is correct. Okay. Yeah. And a hedge. Yeah, one. Plus one. That's what, Yeah, that's why. That's right. Uh, try and remember, well, hedge is not going to be zero, but it's going to be less than the wall. Right. So then you can remember the hedge is one, the wall is two. Through a gap, the TEM only, oh, affects non-moving units. So if you're shooting through the gap in the wall into that hex, yeah, the hex side has a wall on it. There's a road going through the middle of the hex side. Okay, it's open. We talked about before. You can see through there, but you cannot. You only affect non-moving units, which is a perfect rule because the moving guys are the ones running across the opening. Yeah, and the non-moving ones are the TEM applies because they're by the wall. So the the moving guys get the TEM. The no, non- non-moving get the TEM. Okay. Because they're the ones hiding by the wall. Okay. And the moving guys? Don't get to count the wall. So they Oh, they don't get to count the wall. Okay. And you're shooting through the gap. It's like shooting through open, to open ground or whatever. Yeah, the yeah. which, is. as you okay. said, things okay. you learn again when you yeah. do it. Of course, how often does it come up? But Yeah, not that often. Now, passengers, riders, and crews... Do not get train effect modifier of a wall, ever. Exception, motorcyclists. Okay. Nor 
DC attacks do not get the TEM of the wall. Hmm. Exception, thrown. So I guess if, oh, I'm, okay. if I'm placing my DC and I run up to a wall to place it in the guy's hacks. Yeah. No TEM. <laughs> if I'm not smart enough to put it on his yeah. side, <laughs> set, set it over the wall on you his side. You didn't tell his me side. which side to put it on, Sarge. <laughs> and I put it on my side of the wall? Yeah. Isn't right? Isn't that what that's supposed I, to represent? I think that's what that's saying. Because the DC's attack, if you throw it, then it might it would count the thing because you're just tossing it toward yeah. his hex and you're not going to get it over the wall, I think. The <laughs> 9.31, the TEM is cumulative with hindrances and smoke, but not a house. Right. Or woods. Yeah. So it's one or the other. The wall advantage, now we didn't define that yet. Can you define that, Jeff? Well, wall advantage is taking the uh, for a unit that is adjacent to the wall. They can either take the wall advantage for for the plus, the plus two, two, or they can take if there's other terrain, take that other terrain. So whether if it's an entrenchment, they can take the entrenchment. If it's a house, they can take the house. If it's a wooden house, then they get a plus two. If it's a stone house, they get a plus three. Correct. And so that does not, so wall advantage does not count the in-hex TEM, as right. you just described, except air bursts and a runway. Uh, so I guess <clears> if you're behind the wall and you're still in woods, yes, the bombs will explode over your head. Right, okay. And come down on you with a neg one. But the runway rule, I'm having more problems with that. Mm. But if you're behind the wall and on a runway, I guess they're saying you still get the neg one on that runway. Yeah, I don't like that as much mm, as I like yeah, the reverse. But yeah, I don't know. That's what I wrote down. Yeah. Those claiming the in-hex TEM may not use the wall terrific modifier versus units without wall advantage on that hex side. So they can use the plus two wall instead of the woods. So you are, like you said, picking one or the other. To use heat at the target, they must use the wall TEM. Right. Heat, high explosive anti-tank. Right. Bazooka... Right. Right. Panzerfaust, to use right. those of those targets, you have to hit the solid wall to burst it yeah. and blow through it Hard like target. armor. Yeah. So they have to be using the wall TEM, the target. So if they're in the woods, you can't use it on them, I think is what that's saying. Yeah, that makes sense. A bazooka fired into the woods. Now, who can the- claim wall advantage? Whoever claims it first, it's kind of like... <laughs> yeah, but what kind of unit? Oh. This this good old stuff. What kind of unit? Armed. Oh. Unbroken. Good order. Yeah. Not in a pillbox. Right, of course. Not in an entrenchment. Right. Not in a column. In a column? Because you're marching on a road. Yeah, right. Okay. So you have to stay marching along that road in that column. Okay. I'm thinking. Yeah. Or in a fortified building with a gun, because you fortified it. I don't think you could pull the gun out and stick it by the wall. Yeah. That's what they're saying. Okay. Above a wire counter, because you're not under the wire, to come up to the edge of the wall. Yeah. Bypass may claim only half of the hex sides. Oh, so when you're bypassing a house. Yeah. And there's six hex sides. Yeah. You can only claim the half on the side you're bypassing. Makes sense. Unarmed and broken units may claim it if others in the same hex claim it. 
There's okay. a tricky one. Yeah, that's good to know. So you break, you're not by the wall. You don't, you give up wall advantage unless others are claiming it from your side in right. the same hex. Yeah. I guess they're telling you just, dudes, stay by the wall or something. So then 9.321. And I wrote a question mark along this whole little paragraph I'm going to read. A unit always has wall advantage over all possible hex sides. So if I'm in the middle of an empty hex and six walls around me, you know, some of those center, oh, okay. center yes. town things, they do those. We have seen those. I have wall advantage over all hex okay. sides. If it forfeits or is denied wall advantage over one hex side, it cannot claim the other hex sides. Huh. Exception, deluxe ASL. On the big hexes, oh, okay. you can claim. So I guess they just don't want you cluttering up the board with, like, markers on the little yeah. board, trying to remember what side you're claiming. Yeah. But in deluxe, you can claim it per side. If hmm. enemy are on the other side of the wall or hedge and you drop wall advantage to claim the in-hex building terrain, then the enemy may take wall advantage. Right. I get that. Because you can't have so two squads adjacent to each other divided by a wall. They cannot both claim wall advantage. The plus it's Either two. one or the other. Either one. Yeah. One yeah. guy's shooting over the wall, yeah. holding the other guy's in the street. Yes. And then when they move into the house, right in the same hex, and then give the up other the wall, guys, yeah. they just can claim it. Okay. So I, I do understand this. I'm not sure why I wrote that. Oh, I see what I did here. Pin, TI, immobile, may not claim or forfeit wall advantage. Pin, units, TI. May not claim or forfeit wall advantage. So if you move into that hex, oh, and you get pinned. But if you're broken, you can if there are units that are not broken that are claiming wall advantage. Because you're not pinned, you're not TI. You're but still pinned guys with armed. with well, unbroken units. Oh, okay. You know how the lower rule counts yes. is the exception. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So you can claim it when. Do you remember these? We covered these on a show, and when we played a lot of hedgerows. Remember we were yeah. playing a lot of those in that Ian Daglish pack. Right. At setup one. These are the five. Okay. At setup. At the end of the rally phase, so I guess if you just rally, you claim it. Right. In the movement phase. Right. Or advance phase. Okay. I advance in, I claim wall advantage. I move in, I claim wall advantage. It's free, right? This doesn't cost you a point ever. Right. right? You're losing your hidden initial placement. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm hidden in the woods. There's a wall in front of me. I you reveal. reveal and say, I got the wall, by the way. Yeah, okay. Right. And when the enemy forfeit. When they move out into that and building. And you're next to it. And you're next to it, you can claim it right, right then. You can't okay. run up three hexes, not in yeah. your face, and then <laughs> yeah. claim the wall advantage. Okay. Take wall advantage. So my question was, to start of this, it says, a unit always has wall advantage over all possible hex sides. If it forfeits or is denied wall advantage over one hex side, it cannot claim the other hex sides. Oh, I think I was wondering, if it always has wall advantage, then how come they claim it? But I just think they're saying, if you're claiming it, you have it over all possible hex sides. Yeah. They don't mean you, a unit always has it. No. No, you have to claim it first. When you claim it. Then you always have it. Yeah. Okay. You must claim it as soon as possible. If there's no terrain effect modifier in your hex. Now, think about that. And that's one with, that's really where we fall down, I think, on uh-huh. on this, where we could be a lot more detailed, and it would make a difference in the way, you know, in the outcome. 
We should so be more diligent about it. You must claim it. You know, but when we play, don't we always assume you got it? We always assume. But, you know. We should put the counter down. We should down. put the counter on there. Just put the counter down. See yeah. how it goes for a while. Maybe yeah. we'll find we don't need them much. Yeah. We should just keep the counters out, though, when we're playing with yeah, balls. So, there so they that are. They're, we're ready to go. <laughs> Instead of digging them out. Yeah. So, yeah, you must claim it as soon as possible if no TEM is in your hex. So you can't stay in the open ground area. I was just trying to think of more implications of that. Maybe there's not much more. So even if you're moving along adjacent to a wall, you should be claiming it as you go. Because you're moving. You can do it in the movement phase. Yeah, it's not an extra movement point. Yeah, yeah you're right. So you can take that wall yeah. advantage as you're going along. It's kind of clarif- you're not in a road, clarifying but- that you can't say you're in the middle of the hex yeah. and no one can shoot at you there. Right. Because you always have a line of sight into that hex. Yeah. And then a concealed unit may claim it, but... A dummy unit can't prevent the enemy from claiming it. So it's oh. their strategy tactics for you. Yeah. If you set up your dummies. Don't put them by the wall, really. Because <laughs> you'll get, you could get, right? uh, yeah. A dummy can't prevent the enemy. So, yeah, the the enemy moves. No, I'm sure I play that wrong. I promise you. You got your dummy stack there. Well, you would never fire at the guy, but you'd say, oh, I have the wall advantage. Right. So that's a great way to bust up uh, dummies. Yeah. Oh, you do? Well, prove it, because dummies can't claim wall advantage. Prove it. Prove it. Can you prove it? And rule 9.33, each level of the firer above the base level of the target greater than the distance reduces TEM by one. And if a wall... Oh, I think that's just the normal rule for elevation. Yeah. Yeah, when you're above the target, each level above the base level of the target, yeah, it reduces, oh, no, reduces the terrain effect modifier by one, which is still kind of standard rule. And if the wall is reduced to plus one by elevation effects, hull down targets get a neg one colored die roll of the to hit die roll to determine the location of the hit. Let's just keep not playing with that rule. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I can't. I mean, I can't. Oh, and I wrote in parentheses. That's... I did my own clarification. Increasing the chance of a turret hit. So if you get an elevation advantage over the other guy, it increases your chance of a turret hit. Oh, okay. Because you're looking down. Because you're looking more. down, right. But if he's hauled down. Oh, yeah, if he's hauled down, you can't. Get a hull hit on the tank. Right. And so if you're at higher elevation looking down, you see more of the vehicle behind the wall. Right. There I It's go. still only a turret hit. Yeah. But you just have a better chance. You, just Because you can see more of it. Yeah. Okay. That makes good sense. Yeah, it does. Rule 9.34. The traffic modifier lowered by one for indirect fire. So a mortar, right? Okay. Yeah. But terrain effect modifier counts even if the wall hex side is not crossed by the fire. Oh, oh so okay. when your mortar comes in from the back side where there's no wall, you still get a wall cover. Oh, you do. I'm thinking it's saying that. Listeners, chime in. Let's wait for a call. <laughs> no. But and you're never hauled down to indirect fire, of course. Yeah. It's coming in over the wall. I got to think about that one. Yeah. Oh, Should we read it? 9.34? Yeah. You want to? Okay, 9.34, indirect fire. 
TEM of a wall slash hedge hex side is lowered by one for indirect fire, but this TEM applies irrespective of wall advantage, even if that hex side is not crossed by the incoming fire. Only one wall slash hedge TEM can be applied to the resolution of such fire, regardless of the number of such features present in the target hex. Oh, like one on the left side, one on the right yeah. side. Yeah. I can't say it's okay. A hedge TEM redu um, reduced thusly to zero would still negate first fire movement, movement open, open ground, ground. Okay, anticipated slash interdiction for a mortar whose line of fire enters the hex via the hedge hex side. Okay. A target is never hauled down to indirect fire. If in a woods, oh. air burst applies even if the unit has wall advantage but is combined with wall TEM if applicable. Yeah, and that was mentioned in an earlier rule. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so that's what they meant, right? Even that's if what you they shoot meant. through an open area? Yeah. Yeah, that's one I don't think I play. I've been playing that way. Yeah. And 9.35, if you see a ground color between the wall on the map board, the depiction, a ground color between the wall and the adjacent crest... The wall is at the lower level. Okay. Because it's the ground level color showing between the wall and the adjacent crest. So it's at the bottom of the hill. Otherwise, it's on the crest if you see the hill coming out on the other side of the thing. So that's normal. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. 9.36, walls grant hull down, which means what, Jeff? Can you paraphrase? Do you remember? You remember hull down. Yeah, I mean, it just means you can't see the hull of the tank. You can only see the turret that's behind the wall. Yeah, and direct fire hull hits equals no hit at all. Right. But do they, they don't get to count the plus two wall TEM if you're using hull down, one or the other. You call hull down, and then hull hits don't count, or because they bounce off the wall, or you call the wall plus two. Yeah. If the in-hex TEM defender may call in-hex instead of the wall... After the attack is declared, but before the attack die roll is made. So if the guy says, I'm going to fire at you, then you can say, well, I'm taking the plus three building. You can call the in-hex train instead of the oh. wall after the attack is declared, but before they roll the die. Huh. So you don't get to watch them roll the die and then say, plus two is a hit. Oh, no, plus three, the building. It's a miss. Why wouldn't you take the building, though? Because you want that hole down. Oh, because if you take the building, you could still get a hull hit. Huh? You don't, yeah. Okay. Right? You have to take wall advantage. Right, okay, okay. You want to read 9.36 and see uh, how it goes? Sure, let's see. Okay, any vehicular target fired on by direct fire ordinance subject to wall TEM is considered hull down instead of receiving the wall TEM. So you can choose to not take that. Yeah. Okay. You can go on, but I think I got it. However, if also able to claim in-hex TEM, the player may choose in-hex TEM instead of hull-down benefits after the okay. attack declaration but before the attack die roll is made. So, like you said. Yeah, I didn't yeah. specify, you know, giving up the benefits, the hull-down benefits. But that was the intent. Hedges do not create hull-down status. Yes, and in my rule summary, I just counted walls as hedges, too. Yeah. I didn't want to say hedge all the time. Right. Wall advantage is lost 
Oh, sorry. The cost of a wall is plus one, and the cost of terrain, because you've got to pay a point to jump over the wall. Yeah. You can't shoot at the guy unless he's paying the point to jump over the wall. Although it costs two movement points, you know, I mean, he's never on top of the wall. Right. Okay. But it costs two movement points. So he's crossing over. Um, so you can shoot at him, but he gets the In wall. In the normal hex. He gets the wall. And yeah. Yeah. He's already got it right. Walls and hedges are in addition to the cost of terrain. So they're not doubled uphill. That was the point of that. Yeah. Okay. When you go up the hill, you don't have to, you double the cost of terrain and you add the wall. You don't double the wall. Um, and the terrain. So if it's two to, if it's normally one in open ground, two for uphill open ground, right? Because you double it, and there's a wall on that. It's not four. It's not four. It's three. Three. Okay. And some vehicles may bog. Check your chart. I just wrote check the chart. Okay. See the chart. Nine point four one. Wall advantage is lost when a unit starts entering a new location. So, a unit ah. on the other side of the wall may claim it, even if you're moving along the wall, in quotes. Now that. That's interesting. So, you're not on the other side. So, if I'm moving away from my wall and dudes are adjacent to it, the other guy automatically has the wall, and he's going to first fire on me, right? At neg two. Well, even if you're moving along a wall. Along the wall. As you're moving from one hex to another hex along the wall, if there's a guy adjacent, he can plug. He can, yeah. he can take the wall advantage as you're moving to that second. And hex. then maybe be able to see you. I guess I have to look at the board. Yeah, but usually you I might think be that's safe. You know, that's what they're showing here. Oh, right, the diagrams. Yeah. Always great diagrams. Yeah. Always read your diagrams. Yeah. And coming up on the end here, nine point five bocage. Now that we covered in a previous show. Yes, we did. Check page B, B10, 10A, the example in 9.521 and 9.55 are excellent. Those are the ones I always drag out, Jeff, when we used to play a lot of Bocage. I would dig it, you know, I, don't, I don't even remember, I'd pull those pages out and yeah. lay out those examples. And I would hardly read the rules, I'd just read those examples. Yeah. Shows you all the moving options. Um. And then I stopped at 9.6, hillside wall. So I didn't finish 9.6. It's a hillside wall. A hillside wall hedge is one which lies along a hex side that's common to two adjacent hexes with different base levels with none of the lower base levels terrain appearing between the wall to hedge depiction and the higher base level terrain, as we said before. And then it discusses in 9.62 the elevation and TEM and wall advantage. So if the wall, a hillside wall or hedge, is always at the higher of the two base levels it lies between and is treated as normal wall hedge when calculating TEM at greater than or equal to the wall's base elevation. However, a unit at any lower level never receives any benefit. It clarifies that okay, the, so the you, wall's you there next to you, but... You can't take wall advantage at the lower level. Yeah, because it's up on from, the hillside. Yes. That's all it's clarifying for you there. Yeah. And our last rule, 9.7 cactus hedge. Cactus hedge. Hmm. A SSR may specify that wall slash hedges are cactus hedges. All hedge rules apply to such hex sides, except that infantry may cross only one via minimum move. Low Ooh. crawl. Or advanced versus difficult terrain. 
and that cavalry, horses, and wagons may not cross one at all. And that makes sense. Okay. You know, you're not going to the Thorny, yep. thick, yep. sticky, yep. prickly. They won't cross. And, and any others who are going to cross with minimum move, low crawl, or advanced versus difficult terrain. So it's like right. bamboo or you know some of those other... Really challenging Nasty, to get uh, through. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know if I've ever played uh, Cactus Hedge. Yeah, I don't, I've never seen it. In fact, if you told me there was a, a rule for that, I think I would have questioned <laughs> that. Yeah. Thought you were pulling my leg. It's the same one where they, they strap a um, bomb to a donkey <laughs> and they send it through <laughs> the Cactus Hedge. And as it runs through, yeah. the enemy so see it coming slowly. So a lot of stuff there in, in the walls, it, and like I say, it's a good one to keep reading for me. Yeah, and I think you start to really get it. I think yeah. what as we read through that, there were three things that I felt I wasn't yeah. as familiar with. Um, memorizing those five times you can take it. Shouldn't be that hard once again, kids. Set up, end of the rally phase, movement phase, advance phase. When you lose your hip, and if the enemy forfeits that wall. Yeah. Uh, the five times you can take that thing. Very good. All right. Thank That's you, Dave. wrap it up, Jeff? I think that will. We're, uh, we've got... Enough for one show. That'll be uh, end of November. We're going into the holiday season. Hopefully, we'll get a couple of episodes in yep. before the end of the year. I'll try and do the uh, greatest oh, we got hits another part greatest two, hits maybe. Could be. See if I get around As to it. time allows. I know your schedule is busy. With, and we will meet fun. you and I maybe in December break. Then. Yes. And we're meeting next week for Just Dungeons game, and Dragons. Though. Oh. Next Saturday. But anyway, we can talk about that <laughs> off the air. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for listening. Love ya. Bye-bye. Love y'all. Bye-bye, everybody. Oh, remember, roll low. And rally well. But, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. Now we say bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. And happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> A lot of stuff about walls. You wouldn't think there'd be so much <clears throat> about walls. Makes me want to run out and become a mason. You know, my accomplishment of putting in my little... Retain wall this summer. Oh yeah, fits right in. I still did love. You, did that you take the TEM wall. of the house, or did you? Uh, <laughs> it's a wall. Wall. As your neighbors went by, throwing things at you. I just like to go out there and just sit on that thing. You do and enjoy yeah. my the fruit of my labor. Yeah, it is fruitful. What are they saying? Teachers bother kids. I mean, what's the point? I of think that? they do. They leave the kids alone. <laughs> <laughs>